Well, good afternoon, Awakening. How are you? Good. Merry Christmas. Thanks for joining us uh, on Christmas Eve. This is our second ever Christmas Eve service, so it's really fun to have you uh, here. And I thought for us to begin uh, tonight or this afternoon, a little confused about the time. I just start with the Christmas story as it's recorded in the Gospel of Luke. Luke writes, In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up to the town of Nazareth in Galilee, to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and he was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. They wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no room for him in the end. Um, a few weeks ago, I was in this incredible house uh, in the Los Altos Hills. It was just absolutely beautiful, and, and it was decorated for Christmas. I mean, just all out. I've never seen a house like this before, you know. It just was like perfection. And, and as I sat in the living room, I couldn't help but stare at their Christmas tree. It was perfect, but it began to bother me. Uh, You know, as I looked at this tree, I was like, hmm. Uh, You know what bothered me wasn't that they had a Christmas tree or that it was so beautifully decorated. What bothered me is in this beautiful home, they had a fake Christmas tree. Now, I I don't want to offend you if you currently have a fake tree. I just want to see how many people am I offending right now. Anybody? Anybody willing? Okay, thank you very much. I uh, actually offended my own mom at this moment. Thank you very much. Uh, But, you know, I'm looking at it. Why would you get a fake Christmas tree? I'm just wrestling with that reality. I had a friend that told me that growing up, her job growing up was to fluff their tree every year. I just don't think trees should be fluffed. I just don't think that's what you should be doing. So it began to bother me. And then it dawned on me why they um, had a fake Christmas tree. Because their tree was in the middle of the room. And so it had to look perfect. It had to look full. It had to look beautiful from every angle. No matter what side you walked in, you had to be able to see it and go, wow. And you did. I mean, it it was stunning but it was fake. And so as I sat there in this beautiful home, I'm I'm no lie, this is true, a a little bit of a sense of superiority came because I have a real Christmas tree in my home. When you walk into my house, you smell Christmas, okay? You know? Uh, And I I went all the way down to the wilderness of Whole Foods to get my Christmas tree. And and there, you know, picked out the perfect tree, strapped it to the hood of the car like a real man, and drove all the way home, and we set it up in our house. And then I began to think about our tree and comparing those trees. And though mine was real, what I realized is it wasn't perfect from every side, and it was beautiful. And you come to my house, it's beautiful. But, but there's one side of the tree. 
One side of the tree that is not so beautiful has a big hole in it. That side is actually in the corner, you know. And in fact, it wasn't perfectly symmetrical, and so I took out some uh, shears and began to cut back branches to make it look more symmetrical than it actually was. And so as I sat in this living room, it dawned on me in that moment as I'm looking at their fake tree and so proud of my real but not perfect tree. That's how a lot of us live our lives. I mean, I mean if, we're, if, we're really, if we're really honest, that's how a lot of us go through life. Some of us are, are simply faking it. Because we want everyone else around us to, to think that we look good. We want them to think that we really have it all together. And so you drive the perfect car, you have the perfect house, you have the perfect amount of kids, which is 2.5. I don't know how you get half a kid, but apparently that is the perfect amount of kids. You have the great job. And from the outside, everything looks so Good, but then the reality is, is it's fake. And on the inside, there's this longing. There's this wanting. There's this hoping. There's this reality that you long for peace and joy. And though your face is smiling, inside there is pain. And, and some of us aren't fakers. Some of us are just simply hiders. Where we try to present the real us, but we hide Hide the stuff in our life that we don't want others to see. Because if they saw it, they wouldn't like it. They wouldn't like us. They maybe wouldn't even want to be around us. And so we take our problems, we take our pains, and we just simply stuff those down out of the way, out of sight. In fact, one uh, writer said it this way. He, he wrote, what I find, uh, where am I? Yep. What I find most striking, no, no, sorry. Did I, I literally recopied the wrong thing. Can you put it up right there? We have a deep sense that we've got to hide our true self or at least control what people know about us. Secretly, we feel that we aren't acceptable, that we have to prove to ourselves and other people that we're worthy that we're lovable, that we're valuable. See, and we don't just do that with people. We do it with God as well. And what I find most striking or maybe what's most powerful about the Christmas story that's been told by our kids from the prophecy of Isaiah has been read from the point of view of the angels, and now I read it, out of Luke, is not that God visited the planet, which is crazy in that. It's how he visited the planet. As followers of Jesus, uh, as Christians, we actually believe that God came to earth in the person of Jesus, that this story is actually a literal story about God with us and God for us. And as you read it, what it just sticks out in my mind is that the kids just read this, that the Prince of Peace, the mighty 
God, everlasting Father, the creator of the universe. Think about how he came to this planet, to the people he created. He didn't come with a bunch of pomp and circumstance. He didn't come with a big light show. He, he didn't just show up for the elite of the elite. In fact, when God showed up on the planet, his own extended family didn't initially welcome him in. When we read that Christmas story, I, we miss it because so oftentimes our English translations translate that. You remember where there's no room for them in the inn, and we have all these pictures of Christmas around that. That word in the original Greek literally means guest room. Mary and Joseph weren't going to some out-of-the-way place, some city they'd never been to. They didn't have, you know, a conference that they were scheduled to go to, and they just happened to forget to book a hotel, and so when they showed up, all the hotels were booked. Mary and Joseph were going to Joseph's hometown, where he grew up, where his family lived. And when they showed up, there was no room for them in his own home. Because the problem was, the problem was Joseph showed up with a girl that was pregnant. And, and the family couldn't figure out why. Why would you marry a girl not only that's pregnant, but that you didn't get pregnant? How could you buy in to her story about this being a God thing? Somehow the long-awaited Messiah shows up. See, when God showed up to the planet, he went out of his way to say to each and every one of us, I came for you. Right where you're at, you don't have to fake it anymore, and you don't have to hide because when God showed up, he wasn't born with, with family and friends surrounding him. He was born. He was born with shepherds surrounding him. Shepherds were notorious uh, for being the wrong kind of people. They were a rough, rowdy, crass group. I, I mean, they were social outcasts in their day. And when the God of the planet, the creator of the universe, stepped into time-space history, the people that surrounded him and the place where he was wasn't in a home, but was in a, a stable, most likely a cave. And he was laid in a feeding trough. And the people that surrounded him were shepherds, some of the most disrespected, outcast of society people. And he says, with the megaphone statement, I've come for everyone right where you are. In fact, later Jesus would say this, and he said, wrote this way in Matthew, Jesus said, come to me. It's the invitation of the God of the universe. He says, come to me. All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble. And you will find rest for your souls. See, at, at this moment, God sees you. 
in this place, God sees you. And he doesn't just see the front that you're putting up for others and maybe putting up for family in town. He sees the real you. He sees the doubt. He sees the anxiety. He sees, he sees the deep longings for hope, the deep longings for peace and joy and purpose. He sees all of that. And the invitation to you is come. He says, come to me and I will bring rest to your weary soul. Come to me. Maybe you showed up tonight and you're weary. Maybe you're tired. Maybe you feel like you've been carrying the burden and the weight of the world on your shoulders. I mean, are are you tired of trying and working so hard to finally have someone approve of you? I mean, isn't it exhausting putting up this false front so you'll be loved? And the God of the universe says, I see all of you and I love you anyways. I saw all of that and I came for you. See, what's so amazing to me about the Christmas story isn't just that God visited the planet, but it is how God visited the planet. See, the Christmas story reveals that that even though you might be far from God, God is not far from you. The, The Christmas story reveals that even though you might have given up on God, God has not given up on you. You are loved far more than you could ever know or ever comprehend. And the invitation this season from God to you is come. Just as you are, right where you're at, says, I love you. You don't have to fake it with me. You don't have to pretend. You don't have to hide. You don't have to stuff. Just bring all of you to me. I want to make a trade. Take all your stuff, and I want to give you my son. Just trade with me. All the stuff you've been hiding, all the fears that you've been holding, and trade with me. And that's simply the invitation of Christmas. That's why I love Christmas so much. And if you're here, and you're maybe in the place where you've never heard that, that the God of the universe loves you, that he came for you, that he sees it all and yet says, still says, yeah, I want you, I choose you. And you simply want to return and go, I, I want that. I, I, want, I want peace for my soul and purpose for my life. And I've been longing for that and searching for that and trying to get that in every way. And you'll never find it except in Jesus. And so I just want to invite you this Christmas season to take a fresh look at the Christmas story. Not just that God visited the planet, but how God visited the planet. And if you're here, and I just want to, I, I just can't let this go without giving the invitation of stepping into life. And you've never started a relationship with God. It's so simple. It's just saying, God, I, 
I get me. And I've been hiding and I've been covering up and I've been searching for other stuff to satisfy. And I want you. I realize only you can satisfy all the longings of my soul. And you say, I believe Jesus, you are God. That you came for me, that you died for all the stuff that I've done to hurt others and hurt myself. And you came back to life so that I might have life. If you're here, I just want to pray a simple prayer and then we're going to continue and sing some songs and invite you to step into a relationship with the God who came for you, the God who loves you, the God who doesn't want you to put up a show that says, I I love you right where you're at. And so would you just pray with me as we close? And if you're here and you need to want to step into a relationship with him, you just pray after me. God, I'm tired. I'm tired of going through the motions. I'm tired of faking it. I've been trying to find purpose and worth and value in so many things, and yet it's left me empty. I believe you came for me. I believe you died for me. I believe you came back to life that I might have life. Today, I put my trust and my hope in you. Will you come into my life and make me new? God, may we be caught afresh with the wonder of your great love for us. In Jesus' name.